Welcome back to Hot Pockets Podcast. New format. <laughs> it's a new format every week, folks. This new week. New format. We're new doing format. Hot Pockets for Upstate Coffee Collective. All no, right. for real. Here's what we're talking about. Okay. How did I know so much about a 1970s slash 1980s cop show? I lose sleep and about it. not know that there was a 2017 movie with Dax Shepard, Michael Pena, and Kristen Bell. What? About Chips. It's, it is Chips. It is Chips. It's John and Ponch just played by different people. And John and Ponch are played by who? Typically, Eric Estrada and whatever that other guy was. I don't know that. <laughs> Everyone knows Eric Estrada. Listen, all right. Are um, you talking about the 70s version? Yeah, the 70s No, no okay, yeah, so oh, the yeah, 2017 okay. version. Oh, who plays who? Michael who plays Pena's uh, Ponch. Okay. Yeah, he's, yep. he's Eric Estrada. Michael Pena is Eric Estrada, and then Dak Shepard is John. Is the other guy. Yeah, John. Got Seven it. Seven Mary Three. Seven Call Mary Three. Signal, yeah. Seven Mary Three, the band that wrote the song Water's Edge, right? Mm-hmm. Which was about a dead body being dumped on the side of a river. <laughs> is anybody else lost yet? Because... <laughs> I would. You can really just flip this one off. This is honest. how the web of my brain works, man. No, wait, don't welcome. Don't, don't flip it off because this is a really important episode. Why is it an important episode, Kevin Miner? Because of what's in our mugs. What's in your mug, Matt? All day, ADK. That was, hold on, that was bad. Wait, uh, give me a, yeah, give me a C. Uh, wait, wait. All day, ADK. Wow, that was. We, we got to work on this. Yeah. Let's play something actual musical. Q theme music. Kevin. Hi, Matt. Hi. How you doing? I'm well. Why have we foregone interviewing a person a week again? A week, a, a week again. A yeah, week, this is comma again. This is this is two <laughs> weeks in a row now that it's just you and me here in the studio. I like it. Uh, I prefer it because I'm an introvert, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't because you're an extrovert. I am an extrovert. And that's good. That's I, why we balance each other out well. Yeah. I had to explain to my friend Drew today why I will be taking certain days of the week like off. Like he's like, you got to come out. You got to come visit. You got to come out. And I was like, for the first time, this is the thing that I'm practicing, right? You know, I'm doing right. therapy. I'm learning, like, give yourself breaks so yes. you don't have breaks <laughs> in Mental your mentality. Breaks, yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm like, I'm like, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't know when the next time I, it is that I'm going to be like traveling on a vacation type thing. I, I really want to take days to rest and be an intro, tr- practice introversion cool. in a healthy manner. I love that. Yeah. And I also admittedly have to practice extroversion Mm -hmm. um sometimes i'm forced into it and by the way like i love if you walk up to me on the street you know and and you know me or you recognize me and you want to talk to me you want people to hug you you can hug me yeah in fact yeah pre and post covid that's for everybody right now (laughs) hugs start for matt pfeiffer (laughs) september what what is it 20th yeah, I think it's the 20th. Yeah, tomorrow's yeah, the 21st. September 20th. Well, today, when you're listening, is the 21st. All right, Matt is clear for hugs for the rest of COVID 2020. But prior on to... the 20th of September 2020. Prior to hugging me, I need a certification of a negative COVID <laughs> test. You're just going to get a heat gun. <laughs> you're going to be testing people. You're like, you're hold good. on. Like, you see people like walking up with a smile on their face and their arms out. You're just going to like blast the heat, the, uh, the what is it, the fever laser? Yeah. Like, well, on one of my belt loops, I'm going to have a little holster for it. You're the COVID like, cowboy. You're the COVID cowboy. The COVID <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> that would be the name of this episode, but it's important that we actually name it um, all day. All day. 80K. 80K which you came up with. Yeah, that's a fun story. A while ago. There's not a, really a story behind it. I just had it. No, that idea. is a fun story. You were like, you were out somewhere and you called me up and you're like, hear me out. <laughs> I'm like out of breath. <laughs> yeah. 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 You were so excited. I'm like out of breath. I'm like, Kev. <laughs> Take a moment, clear your mind. I've got something for you. Are I you was ready? ready for you to be like, 
Kenzie and I are pregnant. Yeah, like, Kenzie <laughs> and I are we're having a baby. And I'm like, our new coffee, all day 80K, the coffee available all the time that you can drink anytime. And I was, And then you just hung up. Yep, that's it. I, <laughs> and you ran down. I couldn't handle the excitement. I hung up. You ran um, you ran to me. No, I was like, no, real real life response. I'm sure you're expecting me to be like, whoa. And all you're just was, like, all right. Yeah, you're like, okay, yeah, sounds yeah. good. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing, though. I don't get excited or like anxious before something happens. We're at the point now where I'm finally excited. Yeah. Right? We've done things. And that's how it's always been. Back in the day when we used to play shows together, I would not get excited until I was on Yeah. Stage. You aren't necessarily, uh, you're not energized by the talk of something. Yep. You're energized by the act of doing, doing. something, yeah, which I is very, very much your personality down. type. Like, yeah. like you always say, for instance, you used to play football in high yeah. school, right? Yeah. You don't like watching sports. No. You like doing sports. Yes. As soon as you put me on a field, like, and start throwing a ball around, I'm like, all right, okay, yeah, let's go. And then, you know, but yeah. so this was you. You put the ball on the field, though. I did. With the name. I guess so. And, and then we worked on it. Over the past couple months. At least, yeah. It's been a while. With Nick Ryan Fernia. Right? That's his last Is his, his middle name, name Ryan? Ryan? I, yeah, I think so. That, that or, or Rian. <laughs> that like pause was me going, did I just have a stroke? I think it's his Instagram handle. I think that's why it flowed out so easily. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nick Fernia. Okay. Knock about roasters. Mm -hmm. We worked with him. We we knew that we wanted to work with him right off the bat. Yes. Yeah. Um and that's because we enjoyed working with him before. Yeah. So much. And just from a from a personal standpoint, uh we I think we have a really great relationship with him. We we trust him. Yep. Um we see the potential in him as a as a roaster, as a coffee professional. He is oh, yeah. already just light years ahead of some people in terms of the amount that he's studied. Mm -hmm. The amount of work that he does. I mean, just the amount of work that he did putting together a blend that wasn't even for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he blended this coffee mm -hmm. for us using the knowledge that he had of coffee agriculture. Yeah. And like at first I was a little hesitant that like he was taking so much of the reins because I was like, well, this is supposed to be our coffee. I want to be. Oh, yeah. You really thought we were going to be more in the process than we were. I thought I was going to be you out on the farms <laughs> at Origin picking fucking <laughs> cherries. And he's you like, thought we were going to go to Zambia. Right. <laughs> so so the fact that he just came to us was like, I got it. Like, I've been doing research. Here's I've been the thinking two. these are the two. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I was like, no, nah, there's no way like this. These aren't the two. And I, was. I was, but they were and because he's fucking out. genius. Yeah, and, he's great. And and us not having the infrastructure to roast ourselves, nor the knowledge or the experience. Not yet. Um, it's great that we outsource to somebody that is local mm -hmm. and not like a, a huge um, player in the market as well. We could yeah. have outsourced our roasting to like. Can I know. tell you why we're not roasting yet? Why? I'm worried if we buy a roaster, you're going to quit your job. Oh, I so <laughs> am. <laughs> You know, if we buy a roaster, I'm going to put it downstairs. I'm going to hook it up to gas and it's going to be game over. You're never going to see I'm me. I'm a again. coffee engineer now, guys. Peace. <laughs> Matt, how do we pay the mortgage? I'm working on it. It's do you see it? It's happening right here. It's, the mortgage is currently at 276 degrees. All right. We're, we're working. I'm on paying it. our mortgage with 450 bags of coffee Ooh, a month. Yeah. Hey. I don't know if that was the right amount of math, but our mortgage. Why we're not roasting yet? Anyway, so we went to Nick. <laughs> we he went to great. Nick. He was great, man, dude. This whole process has been great. Yes. Um, and so we, instead of us trying to like structure this conversation about it, how about this? We've talked about this a lot, back and forth. Right. So it it would be hard for us to have an an honest and authentic dialogue with us just like coming up with the things that we've said to each other, but maybe haven't said to people who would listen to the podcast, you know, like, yeah, uh, sure. I'm just going to ask you questions from, and I want you to answer from your perspective. Okay. And if you feel the urge, ask me a question back. Okay. How's that? We'll structure it like an interview. Great. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here I am. I'm, I'm big man coffee, Matthew Pfeiffer. Uh, so this is your first venture into the coffee world. D describe what the decision-making process was like 
I'm already in character. Do you like this? Uh, yeah, it's making me nervous. Describe what the decision-making process was like in picking a roaster. In picking a roaster, yeah. Um, we know so many like really talented roasters, and so it comes down to two, um, three major components. Number one, do our personalities mesh do, is it somebody that we can work with long term somebody that we can negotiate with somebody that we trust yep that's big trust and you is feel big a little bit of that kinship with nick Fern. i do totally yeah yeah uh number two would be um their capacity for okay. fulfillment right yeah because if you if, if we were to purpose driven more so if we were to try to, let's say we asked somebody e equally or even more capable than Nick Fernia, I like like uh, Luke Rock, who is who's incredibly Amazing. achieved great and roaster. great roaster. Q grader. Q grader. Phenomenal. He um, has, a, has less capacity for extra work, I imagine, because crew is a giant, they're, they're a giant operation. Yeah. Uh, so if we were to need a decent amount of production that might be a bottleneck, right? Mm -hmm. So you need somebody who is um, able to expand rapidly, mm -hmm. like Nick, who mm -hmm. is in the process of expanding, mm -hmm. uh, and his production necessities for his own operation are fairly low, relatively, right? He's got to keep okay. his shelves stocked, yep, and he's got to take care of like online orders and subscriptions. So overall, the, the production capacity was there. He mm -hmm. said he could accommodate it. That's number two. Yep. Number three is, is more of a gut check, more of a feeling. Yeah. But I feel like Nick is in his infancy, and he's already so valuable i think nick mm. is a scholarly amateur he's as he you is might say primed. A, a, no, a scholarly novice he's primed to yeah. be a really really valuable player in this market yeah and i think at 20 years old he's again like i said light years ahead of the game mm -hmm. so i just believe in him i trust him yeah. and uh we because we ha we got to work with him mm -hmm. on a highlight roast i feel very comfortable working with him how did you feel as a business owner, when you were going through the process and you were being sent these selections of coffees, you know, all you can see are like, you know, the it, you, you're essentially, you were, you were like co, not co-piloting, but you were like cohabitating the green buying process by, you know, via um, visual um, aid, you know, like he, he was sending us pictures, right? Right. And then it would show like where the coffee came from, what it's probably going to taste like. And he would say, I think this is really good. This is part of the note that we're going for here. Um, how did that, how did that feel? And like, you know, what, what was your perspective on just kind of being sent that and just having to go with that visual check? Yeah, it was, um, it was a little uh, unnerving at first because this is my first time doing something like this. Mm -hmm. um, I expected originally maybe naively to have more of uh, an active role in the selection of the coffee mm -hmm. from a cupping perspective i i imagined us you know three months ago cupping multiple batches of different coffees side by side blended mm -hmm. this and that um whereas what ended up happening was nick has enough experience in this realm yep of green buying uh, he understands the, you know, more the the more average flavor profiles of different regions and different producers. So he was able to make a couple of educated guesses, try a couple of things out, mm -hmm. and work it out pretty quickly. So it was unnerving at first, but I felt, I mean, when it all came down to it, and we sat down and we cupped this coffee like less than a week ago, mm -hmm. uh, I was blown away. I was ecstatic because it, it ended up working out but that whole process of hey i think we're going to do this we're going to do that here's why um all we were giving him were kind of like were questions and nods right yes yes, yes or no's mm -hmm. and what about this what about that mm -hmm. um and he took care of the rest which i guess is part of the business owning process is learning to let go of control and trust somebody you're either contracting or employing mm -hmm. to 
do their job and know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, I, you were much more relaxed about it. You, I felt like I, I and still this, am. Still am. I feel like in this in this dichotomy, our relationship is is where I I am more um, not erratic, but more apt to. to, What what would you say? How I'm let let me phrase it this way. I'm going to ask you how. Do you see me as a business owner compared to you in the, in f- through the lens of this buying process of this coffee production process? And then mm-hmm. tell me how did you feel about the process itself? All right. Um, as far as like you go as a business owner, from my perspective, just observing you, um, and and then and you know communicating, going back and forth. Uh, I would say you have a propensity to allow excitement to assist in making a decision that you might otherwise be a little bit um, wary of. Mm. You're, you're, and it's not a, a, a lack of caution. It's more so that you need to get past, I, I would say almost like a, um, I would say like a, a hesitation. A, well, yeah, I, I was going to say like a financial or decision making inhibition that's kind of like holding you back. You know, and yeah. whenever you get excited about it, like all day ADK was your you got excited because you had a name, right? You had a concept and you, and we had a philosophy. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing. I was going to ask you about this, but I'll, I'll just say the process of this. What I liked was the philosophy of the coffee went first. That was the driving factor for every single decision made along the way. And as long as it stayed on that track, this is why I'm relaxed is because like you had the philosophy, you had the purpose in mind, right? I'm purpose driven. Yep. We had the purpose for the coffee. It was, we want to make an everyday coffee that people can have. That's an affordable blend. They can put in their home that tastes better than the coffee that they're buying on the shelves at most grocery stores. Totally. And like, and we want it to welcome them into specialty coffee in a way that they might not have been welcomed yet. We were thinking about people other than ourselves drinking coffee. We weren't thinking what kind of coffee do we want to put in our cup. We were thinking what kind of coffee do we want to put in the cups of people around us so that they can appreciate the same thing we appreciate in the morning, hopefully making their lives better. Like like really, when you're sharing flavors, when you're sharing a food or beverage experience, it's an experience. And it's an experience that you want people to walk away from saying, Oh my God, my life is actually a little bit better for that. You know, this is what makes great servers. This is what makes great chefs. This is what makes great roasters in the coffee world and great cafe owners. They care about the experience. And as long as everything we did along the way followed that, which it did. Yes. I was totally cool with it. And I think that's why I came across as relaxed. Nothing mm. came up that made me have to like, you know, didn't nothing raised the hairs on my neck or, you know, raised my antenna and made me go, hold on a second. You know, um, I would say, I would say probably my most scrutinous moment this entire time was when we were, all of us were super excited Thursday night and we're cupping, right? Yes. And it was very easy for us to just be like nodding and happy and just kind of patting each other on the back. We have the beans. They're roasted. Everything's here. We just got all the materials for putting the bags together. But as soon as you put me in that mode where we had to make serious decisions and we were looking at these two coffees, we were cupping them separately. We were cupping them together and we were talking about ratios. I got very focused and very quiet. Right. And it's because I wasn't being scrutinous of a person. I wasn't judging a person. I was judging the thing that we are going to give to people. Yes. And so that was the only moment I would say that I was any bit like, I, uh, I would say not relaxed, quote unquote, yeah, right? But yeah. I was, it's not that I wasn't tense. I was just very focused. Right. Yeah. You came out of that with, with a really great decision, yeah. it, with, with really great opinions that informed us to really stop uh, taking the uh, the immediate... Um, the immediate kind of like emphatic approach to like, wow, this is great. This is yeah. our coffee. It's amazing because Nick did put so much work into it and oh, we yeah. can tell. And he was explaining to us everything that he was working on to try to get the Zambia a certain way. Mm-hmm. And we were, it's very easy, like you said, to fall into that. Like, this is it. It's perfect. Let's yeah. go. Let's go bag it. 
you had a couple of great points about the flavor profile that mm-hmm. you maybe wanted to see if we could adjust the ratio slightly to get a little bit more of this or that. Yeah. And that was a great decision. And we made that decision and it made the coffee exactly what we wanted it. Not almost what we wanted it, but exactly. And yeah. that's really important. That was important. I mean, but like we can come back to the cupping thing because I, I think a really interesting thing that came out of this was um, marketing coffee branding coffee very difficult because because here's the thing like you can have your coffee can be you know that brand new yemenia that's coming out that everyone's gonna want just because it says yemenia anyway yeah, you yeah. know or it can be like the best yurga chef that's ever existed but as far as putting it in the hands of someone other than like a coffee nerd like us or like you know someone who's going to like grab at this experience because they know the name and they know the terminology like your everyday consumer which is that's what we want we want people who aren't maybe necessarily even listening to this podcast to buy it right like you have to have something that appeals visually and isn't overwhelming yes and it took a bit to get to that yeah we had ideas for people to collaborate with we had ideas for what the bag would look like but we also had a price point right we had a a certain Mm -hmm. limit that we wanted the bag materials to cost we basically didn't want the bag to cost more than a dollar well and that's the tricky thing you know like one interesting thing that kind of happened in the middle of this remember um we found out about necessary coffee right yes just recently and we started looking them up because mm-hmm. we like we care about these little details. Yeah. And and we were like, oh, what's their cost for bag? What's their transparency like? And uh, the thing that I kind of learned from that experience is that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from mm-hmm. in the coffee industry, if you're producing coffee and you want to have any level of transparency and you want to have any level of authenticity to the product that you're putting out there, be ready for those two guys who you don't even know exist in a room somewhere who are going to sit down and they're going to look up every little detail about your coffee and try to pick it apart. We weren't looking for anything wrong. No, we weren't talking shit. No, what we were looking for was just all the details we could find. Right. You know, we were, we were fine combing. I remember that an uh, existing coffee. I remember that it, and I won't get specific, but they, uh, they were very transparent about the pricing, which I aspire to be. And, and, it just takes a little bit more infrastructure and administrative power that we don't yet have. So I want people to know who do care about transparency and coffee that we also care about transparency and coffee. And yeah. if you have questions, you can reach out to us individually and yep. we will happily show you all of our numbers. We, we have no qualms about that. Yeah, right? you need a little bit of informational leverage in order to get everything that you want as a business. And owner. it really, right. And it really depends on who you're working with from a, yep. from a buying perspective. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a whole conversation there that I won't get into, but no. um, I remember in this, on this topic that we saw uh, they were paying, I think it was a, it was a Colombian coffee and there was were a pay- million a million uh, Colombian Dominican, pesos. I think. Dominican? Was it Dominican or Colombian? I don't know. Whatever it was. It, it was, was a certain. Pesos. Yeah, it was like a certain currency that we had to translate into American dollars. Yeah, seven hundred thousand up to they the farms normally get seven hundred thousand. They're paying them a million, which yep. is a big bump as far as pesos are concerned. That's thirty percent. Right? Yeah, it's a thirty percent bump. Yeah, but it, uh, when you convert it to dollars, it still ended up being like a really moderate price. Like a dollar like, ten yeah, a pound or something. Or dollar eighty seven, I think it was. I think it, it came out to just under two dollars. But you know, once again, let's 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 bring it back to what I was kind of getting at. As a business owner, you want to increase your profit margin and when you're a business owner like we are when you have the philosophy going forward of yeah we want to increase our profit margin but we're not looking to like rob people like we appreciate every single person involved in this i i'm gonna say coffee wheel instead of chain you know because we want it to be a cycle the coffee cycle that exists here, the monetary cycle, we want to be fortuitous for every single person involved, which is there's the give and take, right? Yes. You know, you get into the more the morality of it and like, hey, we have to find this moderately priced coffee, but we also want to make sure that people are getting paid correctly. And then we want to make sure that people pay what we think is a valuable price for everything that went into it. 
Agreed. Yeah. And that was probably the hardest part was making sure that we had done that from the get go because we all like, and that was the big thing that I liked about the coffee. It's the philosophy behind it, you know? The, the philosophy behind our blend. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, philosophy behind course. the blend. You right. So that wraps back around to, to originally kind of like what you you have always felt very relaxed about uh, or comfortable with what we were doing because we started philosophy first and coffee second. Yeah, um, I'm like that with anything, man. I I, I get that. I might and, not and I appreciate ever it. end up being like a super rich dude because I'm philosophy first, but like I'm really hoping that you know when that that pays off in um sort of just like general contentment later in life you yeah know? you did something right and you improved people's lives and you created a story and you, exactly. you might not be you might not be jeff bezos buying a hundred thousand or a, you know 180 million dollar condo in, in new york city on yeah. a whim but like i don't ever want to get to the point where i own things that i don't even know that i own yeah right who wants I, that anymore People but just want people just want comfort. We just want people to be happy. And we yeah. want to share coffee. Quick thing. Yeah. Where did this idea come from? Why did we decide to make our own coffee? Well, we knew that we wanted our own blend early on this year. Yeah. That was a goal of ours. Mm -hmm. And originally the blend came around the idea of, hey, let's have our own coffee for the collective. This was when we were just doing meetups. Right. We didn't even have a business model. Mm -hmm. We had nothing. We were just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could fund our own coffee and then do different coffees every month? Oh my month? god, I almost right? forgot. We we were s <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that. this has been like the longest year of my life, though, yes, right? Yes. That uh, of all of our lives. That yeah. like a year ago, maybe we were meeting. It was a year ago. We were doing meetups, and uh -huh. we started getting like actually real numbers of people showing up to this month. It was this September. and next month. Yeah, September, September and October. Year. Uh, we, we finally had like 20 November was the Matt, uh, the Matthew Loyacono, yes, uh, meetup at Crew. That, that did was really the biggest well. one, that was the biggest one, yeah. We were like, okay, wait a minute, we could use this money because we were trying to figure out we, we would take donations essentially from people, um, coming to meetups and we were going to put it toward future meetups, exactly. Yes. And then that fund grew in a, it, to a point where we were like, we, we could do like something half a grand. Yeah, we, yeah, it was like five hundred bucks. We were like, we could do something cool with this for everybody. Maybe we do like a like a trip, or but then we came up to the idea: what if we were able to take that money and the collective could buy a green bag of coffee and work with somebody to roast it? Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah, and every time a wrench has been thrown in the works this year for us, which is you know, I'm gonna pat ourselves on the back a little bit. We've pivoted with it, right? And Pivot. so like, and and so we've been able to take that idea and then we we're like all right well let's just take all that money and give it to the local baristas because everyone's out of work and right then, covid happened we and then, donated yep. it and then adam feldman approached us and said hey i can help you guys get this business model off the ground i see what you want to do i want to help and we got it off the ground and we took that and we said okay we have a company now and we've been focused on that because i mean god knows how long till we can actually comfortably gather more than 10 people again in the future so we feel good so about it what yeah you and, know? Feel, and feel like we're doing the right thing yeah <laughs> once again philosophy first people first right like um so we took that and went with it and we we were doing the highlight roast and then you had this idea right for our own blend and we on a whim contacted nick and all of a sudden it was it was a concept like we had ideated a concept yeah and we once again <clears throat> went with it and then we got to the point where it came to marketing, branding, and you mentioned Eliza. Right. Right. And we were, we had all these ideas for like what we wanted it to look like. And I actually, I like, this is probably my, my favorite part of this was as soon as you said all day, 80 K, I pictured that this not exactly how it is on the bag. Right. But I had this image that's on our bag in my mind. As soon as you said it. Yeah. Yeah. It, so another for, reason it made it like so easy to say okay to that. So for people who don't know, you mentioned a couple of people in this on this journey. Eliza. Backup one. Adam. And backup one more. Nick Fernia. Nick Fernia. Well, it was actually Adam, then Nick Fernia, then Eliza. Yeah. All right. We'll start with Adam. Adam Feldman is uh, the third owner of the Upstate Coffee Collective. Yes. He's our mentor. He invested a little bit of money into allowing us to do our first highlight roast, essentially. Yep. And had a great conversation with him yesterday. 
Yes, we did. Yeah. We had an hour long conversation with it. Which we had a, a meeting. We do, <laughs> but it was an un, phone meeting. It was an unplanned phone meeting. Yep. We called a guy who wears many, many hats and is a, and is a father, and he talked to us for an hour. And he jumped right in. It was amazing. And he had brilliant things to say. And he I had honestly a, couldn't be happier having anyone else. Back a, us uh, I couldn't even imagine it at this is, point, having he, anyone else as a mentor. He has been a, a godsend in terms of uh, in terms of giving us advice and yeah. guidance, yeah. Adam Feldman, he is the executive director of the Habitat for Humanity, Habitat for Humanity um, up here. Up here, yeah, yeah I don't no, know what like the, the is. North Country. Yeah, and then he also started Go Kids. Yep, one, two, he three, Go, Go Kids. Kids. That's when I first met him. Okay, years ago when he started Go Kids, I met him, and right. we had had some pretty excited conversations over coffee. Actually, <laughs> go figure. Of course, um, at Saratoga Coffee Traders. Wow, because that used to be your go-to spot. That was you loved coffee trainers. Well, when I first moved to Saratoga, I didn't have anywhere to like go and sit down and read. There apart was no from crew. Where I lived, and right? you know, if you remember where I lived, there was nowhere to really read where I lived. Like you, you were constantly subjected to drums or music or you know like someone would come into your room and say i'm chad jones and i'm gonna throw confetti at you now like that's uh, yeah that's where i lived it was a fun house 30 percent <laughs> chance of a bit at all times in all that house. times yeah yeah in the fun house so i had to find a place that was kind of like a sanctuary and of course i picked a coffee shop yeah yeah and here we are so that was that's out of Feldman. so so he's our mentor so Nick Fernia is we've the, already mentioned him three times. We've mentioned him so many times, but if you haven't mentioned or heard him before, he is the owner of Nomad Coffee and Crepes in Boston Spa, a little cute yep. little cafe there right on the main strip. And he started his own roastery, Knockabout Roasters, and that is our roaster. That's who's roasting yeah. for us. We have a very parallel journey. Like our business is kind of like they're the same same ideas, same direction, right? And that's yeah. what made it easy to work with him. And then of course Eliza Charbonneau, my new cousin. So my wife's, uh, my wife has many cousins. Her family's big and beautiful and wonderful. They're yeah. all amazing people. Yeah. Um, two of her cousins are twins, Eliza and Kat, and they grew up doing the same stuff together. And they have a really amazing artistic talent. Uh, and so oh my god, they're wonderful painters. Yeah, yeah. they make great art. They do. That's what they do. And they're committed to art. And you can see in the products that they make, like in, in the product of their work, what is produced by them. Yes. There is a quality that is not only uh, respectable, but it's a quality that is, I would say is desirable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we were trying to figure out who was going to design our label, you and I threw out a couple of names and we, we got some, some quotes ideas. and we were trying to get some stuff together. And then either you or Kenzie mentioned Kenzie, Kenzie mentioned that the twins could do it. Dude, it was kind of, it was the kind of thing she was like, you should ask the twins. They would be like, she'd be like, was walking away to go do stuff. And she was like, you should ask the, to the twins. That would be cool. Yep. And I was like, wow, why didn't I think of that? Because they, yep. for our wedding gift, they painted us uh, at our wedding. Yes. And well, and that's the so wow. once again in this process, many times in this process, did you call me up and say, oh, my God, this is what, yes. you know, like you're like, you're like all day 80K. I'm like, cool. I'm in. And you're like, you know, we're talking back and forth. You're like, what about Nick Fernie? And I'm like, let's check. You know, so we check with Nick Fernie. Here we are. And then you're like, what about Eliza? And or, what, what about, about the twins? Yeah. What, about, know, the what twins? about the twins painting? And I, I'm like. I pictured the paintings that you have in your dining room mm -hmm. because they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. Right? Of course. And I mean, real quick, like we can, we can sum up the experience with Eliza who took it over because Kat had some work to do. She yes. had extra work to do. So we, it ended up being her. Yep. Um, but uh, super prompt. Yep. Super professional friendly Com yep completely amicable as far as like responding we had a group text with her yep um up cc and, design and, committee yep, yep and there was some back and forth but very little she she grasped the concept so quickly oh yeah and was able to produce something so wonderful so quickly i was amazed yeah yeah and it turned out, I mean, I couldn't the, be more thankful. The picture speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's beautiful. Well, and that's what we want, right? Going back to where this is coming from, marketing. This, this part of the conversation, not just marketing. We wanted a bag that someone could put in their home 
and say, yes. That's I what like I'm drinking. I like that that fits here. Mm-hmm. You know, not just that, like the image on it. Because mm-hmm. the beans can, going back to what I was saying, the beans can be amazing. The coffee can be amazing. But if the packaging, like if, if you just got it in like a paper bag sitting on your counter and it looks like a lunch Yes, that's yeah, maybe some people aren't going to want. That's what I was some afraid of. Some people are of. totally cool with that. Like I'm totally cool with a lunch bag of beans sitting on my counter. Fuck yeah! I don't expect other people to be. Sometimes that's people, the best coffee in a lunch bag. But I want bag. people who haven't even had it yet, even if they don't know anything about the coffee stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis. Yeah, to be to see the bag and go, I want that. I felt very strongly about that because yeah. I I I don't need to repeat you know i i think you and i are completely in agreement there um but i was very strong about that in the beginning i was like yes the coffee's going to be amazing this packaging needs to be perfect yeah. because it needs to jump off the shelf because our target audience are people who are more traditional coffee lovers don't really you know need the best coffee ever don't really necessarily understand the ins and outs or sometimes people can be intimidated by the complexity of I mean, any craft in general, right? Something, mm-hmm. craft beverages, wine, you know, I'm oh the God. perfect kind of guy that's like a white wine, like a, like a Pinot Grigio. I don't care too much about the, the details, No, you know, and a lot of people are that way too. So I was trying to figure out how to bridge the gap mm-hmm. between traditional coffee lovers and a more modern take on coffee. And that's what this yeah. is. This all day ADK is a coffee that is approachable in, in both price and in flavor profile, it's something that people can sink their teeth into yeah. that reminds them of something they're familiar with, mm-hmm. with also a little bit of that sweetness or mm-hmm. or subtlety or complexity mm-hmm. that they wouldn't get otherwise in a less... Yeah, in a more commercial In a coffee. lower... More right. commercial coffee in a more is commercial the way that I would say that. Coffee, yeah. Yeah. yeah, lower grade, you know, more bi- like more like making a profit on paper type coffee, which is not what we're here to do. Right. We're here to sell people a coffee experience that makes them want to come back and keep having experiences. Here's a big thing that I, I think has been in the subtext of every conversation that we've had about this as far as the design goes. Um, and it's something that it, it actually, going through this process for the first time ever... Um, it changed the way that I look at coffee bags for the first time in a long time. That's Beca- interesting. Yeah. because And here was the interesting thing that happened. We very specifically talked about Bartholomew Jones and his coffee, Gujimane, and the simplicity of the yes. bag. And that's a big thing. And I've noticed this since we've designed this bag and I've, I've really kind of latched onto this idea. I like it. I like where we're going with, with the idea of just having something that looks good. Cause we already, we're going out of, we're going leaps and bounds beyond other companies in other ways. Like here we are, we're doing a podcast. We do the blog post. We're active, like in the community, we're trying to get meetups together. Like we're even talking about how we can do the Instagram live thing while this is going on, you know, yeah. like, so just to get back to our core, right. Of having that communication, which is more than most people do. We don't need an overly wordy bag. We don't need yeah. a bag that says blah, blah, blah. Like we don't need a bag that fawns over all the things that we're all about. If you want to find out what a company is all about, you're going to you're gonna find out. And this is kind of what I was touching on before. There's always going to be the people who are going to find out all the info and they're going to spread it. And people will eventually find out anyway. Right. You know, if your intentions are right from the get-go with something that you're attempting to put in the marketplace and share with people, like people are going to know. And there's a level of inauthenticity, I think, that comes with a lot of these flavored coffees and a lot of these like commercial grocery store regular coffees that are just sitting up there on the shelf that have a million words to make you feel good about the coffee. But then when you open the bag, you're kind of disappointed with the flavor and the smell and everything and the experience isn't really all there. It's just kind of your conduit for caffeine in the morning. Exactly. And this isn't that. Yes. Yeah. And I don't even care if I sound self-aggrandizing on this podcast for the Upstate Coffee Collective. I'm really proud of everything that's going yes, on. Yes, Ke- I mean, yeah. Kevin, there is no there's no reason not to be proud about what we've done. No. And I think that this is just the first step. Yep. What we're doing right now is we're bolstering the base of coffee lovers, yes. bringing new people into the kind of craft coffee realm 
do you ever envision us pushing the limits of specialty coffee, doing super rare stuff, super sciencey stuff, fermentation? Yes. yes, absolutely. As do I. Oh, dude. Well, you know, this is goal number one. Here right. we are. This is humble beginnings, yes. right? That's the big thing. And I think that, you know, that that comes out in the simplicity of the bag and that comes out in the simplicity of the coffee. You know, we didn't go with something that's like, you know, on Matt Pfeiffer or Kevin Miner's flavor wheel of, you know, like sub flavor, sub flavor. Like totally this tastes like, you know, peaches that have only been lightly dipped in cream that might have been brushed by basil. Like it's not that like, and it's not a whisper teriyaki. of time. Oh, teriyaki <laughs> beef jerky. But, but no, it's, it's a very approachable everyday coffee. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes down to it, when I'm really thinking about it, the thing that I'm happiest about is that one, we've had the experience now. Yes. This was the first time we've been able to do that. And this is something that we wanted to do for our collective anyway. But now we've done this and it's going to be that much easier when we're getting the collective back together. To yes. We know now how do we create the funds? How do we put this together? And how do we get that coffee that we're going to enjoy as coffee nerds? I actually think that's where we're going to push the bounds of coffee. I think once we get people back together, once we're able to meet, look at all these wonderful things happening in our backyard. You know, Jacob and Alejandro are opening up oh their place gosh, and they're going to have yes. education going on. Nick, Nick Fernia's new coffee compound in the works out in, in his Galloway. little place. Yeah, in a barn that once you walk into it looks like a modern craft brewery, but for coffee. I'm you know, so thrilled. All of You're these so things. Right. All of these things are going to like they come together. And as long as we're able to keep the philosophy that went into creating this and the intentions that went into creating the all day 80K and putting it in the cups of people on a day to day basis, if we can keep that intentionality, that purpose driven community, people, philosophy first focused intentionality. Not only are we going to be able to bolster the base and people are going to be happy about it and they're going to be excited about having that product in their home, but we're going to be able to push the limits of specialty coffee. Is that a long way off? Yeah. Do we need to take baby steps? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But as long as we can keep the intentionality, I think that's a thing that sometimes people stumble on. And to keep yourself in, like, in line, on track right with intentionality mm -hmm. the number one thing that you need is someone else who can keep hold you accountable for that and yes. that's what we've all had to be for one another in this process that's probably my biggest takeaway is that we've been able to keep each other accountable you know i i have a feeling we're going to be able to get back into this and talk about the all day 80k more as time goes on this is going to be a regular offering we're gonna have we're, it forever we're gonna have well, we're, we're gonna have yeah we're gonna the all day 80k is something that we want moving forward for everybody all the time mm -hmm. um so we're gonna be able to come back and talk about it. how have you been buddy personally yeah we've been talking about this a lot this week how have you been what's what's been up in in your coffee life everything good yes yeah you know I feel a I feel a bit of imposter syndrome right now lately currently C currently and lately okay yeah be calling myself like a business owner saying I own like a coffee company mm. um I mean we literally sell coffee and make a revenue so we are mm -hmm. literally a coffee company but like because we have a non-traditional business model and we don't have much overhead and we don't have a brick and mortar sometimes it's it's hard to grasp it yeah um and when you have something new that's that's this exciting it sometimes your your ego gets in the way and you, or it's the it's like maybe the lack of ego it's you know second guessing and, and self-consciousness and stuff yeah that has been really the only thing i've been dealing with and that's not really much of note because it's normal and it's not that big a deal you yeah. know i'm i'm just trying to um dial in that concept and own that identity yep um but dude i weirdly like i'm in the best place i've ever been in yeah mentally when it, it feels it, it another thing to add on to that it probably feels a little hard to be like cheering and really excited when like this 
year feels like such an off year for so many people. The world's know? on fire. Yeah, yeah, and so, I'm feeling yeah. great and I feel really guilty about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really guilty. Yeah, well, and especially since we have the um the avenues to share our excitement for our own life. And we do that, you know, yeah. as people. Like, like, and I'm saying everybody does that as people. Like, everyone has a way of sharing their, you know, their triumphs and their failures, right? Yeah. And right now, it feels, of course, you have imposter syndrome. It feels weird to be triumphant when others might feel like, you know, everything is moot. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, you know, it's <laughs> it's the, the best problem to have is to be in such a great place that you feel guilty that you're doing so well. But yeah. like mentally, I was talking to my parents about it because we have family and friends that just like maybe aren't doing so good. Mm -hmm. And they're like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm great. And I feel bad about it. But like I'm in a really great space space mentally. Yeah. Um, but what about you? Because you've been through you've been through hell this year. Dude, now could not have been a better time to come to terms with alcoholism mm -hmm. and start therapy. And that feels really weird to say, mm. but you know, you want to talk about imposter syndrome. My, my form of imposter syndrome, because I constantly choosing to do things like, you know, I'm constantly choosing to, to uh, attempt to tackle goals every mm -hmm. day, you know? And I, and I don't, I feel like if I don't do it, I get imposter syndrome yeah. and when I do accomplish them, I get imposter syndrome, yeah. you know, but here's uh, like my therapist, Lindy is, she's really great at taking, doing this thing that I do for other people. She takes what I say and then she asks me questions about why I said it the way I said it, mm. you know, and when it comes down to imposter syndrome, that is my way. That is my, my own brain's way of expressing self doubt, insecurity. My insecurity doesn't come out when I'm, you know, running around doing cartwheels and like, you know, doing crazy workouts Hands and judo, yeah, and like <laughs> just jumping into a new thing and yeah. like figuring it out and being proud of it. That doesn't. No, my 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 insecurity is insidious and it's personal and it's when I'm introverted and it's when it's during the time that I don't normally allot myself and that's why yeah. I've had to tell people I need to take these breaks. Yeah. I need to go home. It's not a, a question of not wanting to be around people because, you know, I, I'm extroverted to a fault. If I could, I would just be around people all the time until I collapse and people right, have to, it's like, like take me into another room and lay me down for 14 hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you it's like a, it's a way of distracting yourself exactly. from yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. And so you I, can you step know, outside yourself with socialization. Yeah, and sure. and I, I would say the the biggest thing that, you know, I've had to learn lately is just being humble mm. and actually applying the idea of quality over quantity that's huge and that's yeah i was thinking about it today because i was at AA and we're talking about like they're they're talking about steps that i'm not even close to starting yet like sure I'm, yeah you know i i like i'm i'm at step one i have admitted that there's an issue in my life yeah like yeah, yeah. That, i have there's a problem here we are Base one, um, these guys are like, they're talking about nine and like how they've gone through the steps and they're going through them again. And like, I, all I could think today when they were talking about step nine was it's, it's all about quality. It's mm. all about how you do what you do. And that's why today I was talking about intentionality mm -hmm. because it's about how you do what you do. Where did it come from and how did it come out? Because the what doesn't matter if you're careless. You know, mm. the, the thing that you've done doesn't matter. And you're definitely going to get a more like vicious form of imposter syndrome if you were careless toward other people or your own well-being during the process. So it's, it's all about that quality. How are you doing things? Yeah, I can tell just by listening to your processing Mm -hmm. you know your goals and, and the way that you're kind of going about changing your perspectives on things i can tell that you're in a better place because yeah. i i could see on the other side of that where you were you know toxically uh over compensating let's say mm -hmm. um, no that's a perfect term for yeah, it. yeah and and you you weren't paying attention to quality so much as i'm always doing it's yes. not and and it's very difficult to slow down and say I've done enough and it was good, 
yeah. and, re- and rest and say, you've done well, now let's rest. Yeah. I always thought when you finally would give yourself like a night or whatever, like you weren't working, you didn't have a social obligation or whatever, and you were like playing a video game or watching a movie, I was like, oh, good for Kevin. He's probably like relaxing. You probably were like not relaxed. You were probably like having a hard oh, time. super tense. Yeah. Yeah. And And that's been a big thing that we've also tackled is like, I would literally guilt myself if I was like watching a movie. Mm. I would guilt trip myself. I would be like, you have other things you could do right now, you know? And I would get up and do them mm. to the point that like, and you know, there's a lot more to unpack. So I won't like get into it too deep right now, but sure. like there's, you know, there I've, I've got a long way to go um, as far as, you know, just like giving myself a sense of self love that I've, I've not been, um, I've not been literate with, sure. you know, yeah. like, yeah, the, that language is still being coded into my brain. Like yeah. I'm still learning what that means on an intuitive level. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like feelings, emotions, gut wise. Yeah. And on an intellectual level. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but all in all, like things, things are good, man. Um, I'm really like, I'm glad that we got to sit down and we got to talk about this. Yes. Right? It's a great, it's honestly, Kev. And, uh, and, this this is maybe purposefully phrased. This is a great week to be alive. It is you know? actually, and the, like it's not even just that. Like like I was like, I was really excited to sit down and talk about all day ADK. But I'm also like just in general, I'm really excited for everybody in our coffee community locally. Like uh, mm-hmm. Whitman Cafe is back open. You yes. know, you saw a couple posts from them. That's really cool. Like Love Whitman I was, Cafe. W- we were just wondering what was happening with them this week. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, there they are. They're yeah. posting. They're open again. I love Whitman Cafe. So great. Me too. And you know, uh, crew is continu- like Luke is continuing with his crafted series. I absolutely love that. He got to do an SL28 this year. Love that. You know, so cool. Jacob and Alejandro bought their space and they're renovating, you know, like um touchy. They're getting their own roastery. That's you know, really I, cool. I, yeah, I was able Troy. to talk with Rebecca Winters and High Wheelers doing well. They're doing she said they she was surprised at how well they've been doing like they're like they haven't taken a huge hit and that's a victory this year you it know is. the covid economy was a literal killer yeah Hoosick falls is up in their game they've got this new eatery called bite 15 right it's right over by um iron coffee yep um and like that's been super exciting for them because that's bringing other people down their way and they're saying hey what's that coffee shop Right. You know, so now Iron Coffee's getting new business from that. I'm just in general, like Stacks Espresso Bar's doing well. Nick Rovazzini's working on the fall menu down there with them. And I'm sure Ernan's got like some new roast in the works. And I'm sure Ron's excited about like what they have going on for the fall. And I can't wait for one of them to finally like when we're at a point where we're comfortable, just go, All right, guys, it's time for a throwdown. You know? Right? right? <laughs> like oh. so in general, like like there's there's these little moments of hope that are ha- popping up in the midst of everything kind of being chaotic mm-hmm. and i i kind of love that because those those little moments you you don't sit you don't you don't lay down on the grass and count how much blackness there is in the night sky you count, you count the stars you count the stars baby <laughs> and that's an original quote you got that one <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but for real, that's like, think about it. Like you lay down and you look at the Big Dipper and you look at like, you look at the little glints of things that exist out there in the night sky and they make you happy. It's not about all the blackness that surrounds it. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Goddamn. Damn. <laughs> what's your jam this week? Let's, let's wrap this up. What's your jam? Japanese lo-fi. What's your jam? Japanese lo-fi? Japan- Just in general. Japanese lo-fi beats. Like Moe Shop? Uh, it's it's a of playlist. course I'm gonna uh, dude I'm gonna throw artist names your way. Yeah, of course right you're gonna now. fucking do that. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Let's see. I'm gonna oh look at God. it. <laughs> Keep that. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't memorized these artist names and who they've worked with yet. That's you know I was hoping that you would pick up on that. Do like, you remember? I, uh, I was wondering if that was a contagious thing. Yeah, there it is. Lo-fi beats right there. There's the girl. Studying. Oh, that, yeah, we're there gonna recreate is. that, but yeah, that's that's for another day. That's uh, for another day. Um, um, what do you got? Um, I'm, it should be in my recently played, but it's not. Hold on. Oh, whatever. What's your jam? Uh, dude, Lido's new album came out. Peter. This when? Week. This, this week? week? Yep, Friday. He released it Friday. I got an email. He did a listening party Thursday, but it was at like 4:40 p.m. our time, 
and and I got the email earlier that day. I, I think and they were, were trying work. not to like overload a server or anything. I was at work, so like I, I didn't get to see the listening party, which you know I would have loved to because I watch sure. everything he does live. But he released the CD on Friday. Mm-hmm. Not the, the I CD. I love that you the said CD. release the CD. He released <laughs> the, the CD <laughs> on Friday. Welcome to 1995. The floppy disk was <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, he re- so he dropped the album. Yep. Um, and there's <laughs> he released the CD. And there there was uh, listening notes with it, okay. which I love. Yeah, and he said, "I want you to, if you can, go somewhere and look at the stars." Okay, and. And listen to this album. If you have a favorite pair of headphones, like preferably ones that isolate sound, go and take that. Imagine being in space while listening to this album. And you know I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I went outside and I laid down and I turned it on. And dude, that album is everything that I wanted. It It delivers. Yeah. Dude, I started listening to him to Lido in 2016. He's my favorite modern, like contemporary producer. Mm-hmm. He is my favorite. He did JoJo's new album this year. He did Chica's debut album this year. Wow. He's the exec producer on albums already. And he's killing it. And then when he releases his own music, there's this like a lot of the other stuff that he does is really complex, but there's a simplicity and there's a flowing harmony to a lot of his music. And there's mm. a story that he's telling that I am dialed into, you know? It's like he's releasing books for me and I'm just digesting them. Right. They're so good. And I would say definitely like standout track for me on the album is Part Time. Um, final thought. Uh, I, I really, I, I just want to close out the podcast by saying that um, I am full of gratitude. Me too. And full of like hope Yeah. for... Uh, this entire industry and yeah. especially our little cozy upstate New York area. Yeah, There's so much creativity and passion and, and neighborly uh, love, yeah. I guess in this area, people yeah. are so, f- so ready to just like bring you into the circle. If you're, if you're into coffee, if you're into art, if you're into creativity, and if that's how it should be. It's, and, and it just it's brought more joy to my life than I ever thought possible. And so I'm really grateful. And I think that Upstate Coffee Collective's flagship coffee roast all day ADK is something that we could humbly bring to the table to fill a gap in the industry, to answer a question, to solve a problem, which is bringing a little bit more approachability to craft coffee yeah. and celebrating our creative community through the project. The project was funded by and contributed to by local New York creatives. And it's beautiful and I love it. I might be a little bit biased, but I really think that you should pick up a bag if you have the means to. Mm-hmm. By the time you hear this episode, it'll be available, available. on our website. UpstateCoffeeCollective.com. We have a subscription option. If yep. you're if you are so inclined that you want our coffee once a month, every month, yep. Feel free to uh, cancel anytime. I want to say try it first, but ultimately, like if someone subscribes this week, I'm not going to be disappointed. Yeah, right. Like, don't <laughs> be, be don't like, get mad right, at them. Like, dude, thanks, dude. Yeah, email them, <laughs> dude, dude. What are you doing? What you are haven't you even th- tried this yet. <laughs> <laughs> We really appreciate the uh, the positive, like the. Is there such a thing as toxic transparency? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just discovered it. I yeah. All right, we really appreciate like all of the um, all of the everyone, even the people listening right now. Yeah, all of the positive vibes, all the listenership, all of yep. the attention. You know, I I think. Uh, we're doing it for the right reasons, yep. and we're glad that you're here for the ride. And I see a lot of great things to come. All right, cool. My closing thoughts? Yes. Uh, it's more so, uh, it just popped into my head while you were talking about this and talking about the local community. Uh, Matthew Loacono, our coffee dad. Coffee dad. Right, coffee dad. He texted me the other day, and it said, <laughs> one of the tasting notes is sunrise hikes. And the text goes, sunrise Nikes? Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Nikes? And he goes, Oh, I see the hikes now. And <laughs> the only thing I could think is like, 
I love that Matthew Loyacono texted me specifically, not putting it past me that Sunrise Nikes would be a tasting note I would throw on a bag. When like, he, <laughs> he has no room to say shit when oh, his that, third yeah, tasting he note. That. He added that. Oh, yeah. He's his, like, my third tasting note's always wacky and I love doing it. He's like, but uh, he actually Matt, thought that Matt, your third tasting note was Nike. late nights the last time I had a here's, bag. And here's I what I'm going to put. I am going to put Sunrise Nikes on a bag now. You have in to. In tribute to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. it'll be a coffee that we have. Like maybe we do a collaboration coffee dad with tribute. him. Sunrise yeah. Nikes. <laughs> Got to do it. Nobody's going to understand that. You know who's going to wear Sunrise Nikes? You? No, John and Ponch. On my version of the Chips movie, I have to go home and watch that now. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>